Today, I brought some few magazines here. Can Lavin, can you help me pass this? Uh, these are written in 2000, year 2000. And they are my website. Just give it out. See. Yeah. And they are three, part one, two, and three. But it's not going to go around if you have to take three, three copies. So I just want you to take one, whatever copy you get, you will see the rebuttal. In part two, there's a rebuttal of part one. Then in part three, there's a rebuttal of part one and two. So that is, that is the knowledge-based part. It's the more of knowledge. But that does not seem to be what the Lord wants me to talk about today. Seeing what is going on among us, knowing what is going on in the body of Christ, this is what the Lord wants me to talk about today, that we bless all of us. Why good people suffer? Where you say, well, is anybody good? The Lord Jesus Christ said, no one is good except God. But just for the title's sake, we say, why bad things happen to good people? Amen? Amen. Bef before I go into that, I want to quickly just give you a little summary of what the Millennial Day is talking about, that the magazine, they are giving it out to all of you which you can actually read on my website. The website is on that, so you can read everything there. You may have part one and the rest will be part two. We all know the story of the, of the book of Genesis. That in the book of Genesis chapter one, the Bible said God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was created in six days. And by revelation, the word of God makes us to know that God has a plan for this humankind that he put it on upon this planet for 6,000 years. So those six days was prophetically 6,000 years of humanity upon this planet. And on the seventh day, God said he rested. And that also was prophetically pointed to the 7,000th year, the millennial day of Christ, when Christ shall live for 1,000 years. That is the summary of what you see in that right out. Now, in that, I wrote this many years in the 1970s, and I just repeated it in 2000, more or less, and then. In every thousand years, we want to find out what is the landmark of what happened on this planet. For the first thousand years, for the second thousand years, for the third thousand so that is what you will see. But on the six thousand year, which the Bible said is sixth day, God created man, then you will see that God already prophesied he was going to create the sons of God. This church. And there are many Bible verses that related to that. That's why I give this one. That is just summarizing it for you. You can read the rest. If you don't have part two and three, you can go to that website and read it there free of charge. But on the sixth day, God created man in his image. And if you look at it, say in the, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female created them, which means he's not talking about Adam. He's talking about the sons of God at the end of time. And we know we are now in the sixth day when these sons of God, the saints, are going to come forth. It has already been prophesied. The book of Genesis is a prophetic along with historical. But the first chapter, God spoke what he wanted to do. In the end, the book of Revelation, God spoke how it's going to end. He is the beginning, he is the end. He told us how it all began through Moses. The first chapter was telling, actually, almost like a content. You know when you have a book, you open the first Chapter, what do you see? The content page. What does the content page reveal to you? 
chapter 1 is this, chapter 2 is this, chapter 3 is this, chapter... that is what you see in the book of Genesis chapter 1. It's content. And in the end, God told us how it's all going to end in the book of Revelation. So that is more of knowledge. Knowledge. But knowledge pops up. So we're not going to talk about knowledge today, but you can read it about, about that yourself. But if, when, I, when I want to preach about that, it's going to be talking about the sixth day where sons of God have to come forth. If you want to be one of the sons of God, what are the prerequisites and what God is looking for? Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to go to the why good people suffer. Why good people suffer. Let's read. Open with me to Psalm 34, verse 19. The book of Psalms, 34, verse 19. Put it on the screen, please. When you look at that Bible verse, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous. It didn't say some are the afflictions. It said many. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. So God is telling us, point blank, there may be troubles, even for the righteous people. So that should make you to say, if you have the doctrine that you're aware, if you are following God, this terrible thing should not happen to you. Throw that off. Throw that off to the bush. Those doctrine is just uh, pride. Oh, if you have been close to God, this thing will not happen. That is lie from the devil. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered him out of them all. So why we say, why good, why good people suffer? That is the topic of today. However, I'm going to talk about three sections of suffering. When we say suffering, it could be anything. Suffering could be financial trouble, uh, accidents, diseases, death. All of those things are all troubles on, the, on earth. But there are three causes of this trouble. Three causes, three reasons why human beings may suffer. The first reason may be self-made. Maybe you made the wrong choice. You did something wrong yourself. And then you fall into that trouble. So there could be a self-made trouble. Open, open to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 16. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 16 and 17. Now this is a strange Bible verse there. It says, be not righteous over much. Neither make thyself over wise. Why should thou destroy thyself? You say, well, you mean somebody can self-destruct? And he say, by being over wise. Or being righteous over much. You can think, meditate on that yourself. How can somebody, how can that happen? That is just one method some people can self-inflict problem. Not to talk of whether you commit sin that bring repercussion. Those are all self-made troubles. Any form of sin that you can think of. Or decision. And another thing I can give example of is, suppose they ask you to pray, and you didn't pray. And you step out and do something, and then you fall into trouble. Where you say, well, what? That is self-made. Maybe that prayer, I'm talking of the believers now, maybe that prayer is to ward off some evil things. And because you are not geared to praying, or perhaps you just were lazy or you didn't pray right, 
that trouble occurred. So that you see yourself around among those that are self-made. I just give an example. Even verse 17 of this same verse says what? Be not over much wicked. Be another be thou foolish. Why should thou die before thy time? So, so Solomon is telling us that if you are over righteous, you are competing with God. You're saying, step aside, God, I'm righteous, more than righteous as you say, you may destroy yourself. Now, if you are over wicked, that means you are doing the bad things. You are doing all terrible things, wickedness and every type of thing, sin. Then also you also will be dying before your time. That's God judging the people or you are challenging God, the two extremes. God can judge because the fellow is over wicked. Or you challenge God, God step aside, I'm righteous than you. Then you're going to also run into trouble. That's the two ends of the stick that Solomon is telling you there. Now I said those are troubles that can be self-made. Now there's also the second part is there are troubles that can be circumstantial. You didn't do anything wrong. It was just the situation in the world. Situations in the world and you, you are caught in this trouble. If there is a famine in the land, you didn't cause the famine and it's not because you are overrighteous, but there was a famine in the land in the days of Abraham. God told Abraham that leave your place and go to this land I'm going to tell you about. And when Abraham got there, there was famine in that land. He didn't cause the famine. And God didn't change that because my friend Abraham is coming to the land. Let's stop this famine. Because some things were ordained to happen. They were ordained on this planet to happen. And if you are there, God simply will be with you in trouble. God promised that I will be with you in trouble. Those are the circumstances that you most likely cannot change. But if you are following the law, you are trusting the law, God is going to be with you in trouble. Now, if the first part that I say self-made, if you have made your mistake, maybe financial trouble, or you invested in something and you lost it all, and now you are, if you turn around and cry unto God, God is merciful. And we also answer you, and we deliver you from trouble. So, for the self-made, when you see your foolishness, you cry unto God, you repent. If somebody has committed sin, and then there's a repercussion of that sin, and you cry unto God, and you repent, God also is merciful. So that is the antidote for that. Now, if you are in circumstantial situation where you find yourself in the land where there was no food, but God told you to come over there, just trust the Lord. God will also work it out for you. He said, I will be with you in trouble, even in the circumstantial ones. Amen? In the book of Genesis chapter 43, you see the story of Abraham, the famine, the situation of uh, even Joseph in Egypt. There was nothing he could do to trust in the Lord and God was there to deliver them. That was circumstantial. Now, the third part of trouble is the one that the enemy can make. Satan. That is the one that many of the believers think the devil did this. The devil did that. The devil does things too. The devil can create sickness. The devil can create disease. The devil can create accidents. The devil can do all those terrible things, but it's not doing it to everybody. I'm going to tell you the one I'm talking about when I say the situation that can be trouble is the kind that the devil is the one that did it or the Lord, for the sins now, the Lord can allow this as a test, as a trial for his people. That is the thought. I'm just joining those two together as the third part. You didn't do it. You are not wrong. You didn't do anything wrong, but God wanted to test his sins. That also occurred. 
and that is the part of the story of Job. Read Job chapter 1. Open to Job chapter 1, let's read verse 6 to 12. So in, in the book of Job, you see an example of when God can be boasting of you. And don't think it's only Job that we ever had this story. God is still boasting of saints at the same time. As a matter of fact, I will read some Bible verses on this third part because that is where really we need to talk a little bit about. In the book of Job chapter 1, I will read verse 6. He said, then there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And verse 7 says, and the Lord was boasting of, about Job. You know the old story. The Lord said unto Satan, when comest thou? He said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. Perfect and upright man. One that feareth God and is true evil. And Satan said, oh, and that was the beginning of the trouble. And he said, well, okay, go and test him. Now, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to read the verse. You all know the story of Job. But let me point it to you that at this time of the end, at this time of the end, the saints of the Most High God, when I say saints, you are now to say, am I one of them, saints of God? The Lord has prophesied in the book of Daniel, and told us in that prophecy that the angels spoke to Daniel in Daniel chapter 11 that many shall be purged. That is talking about this end time and made white. And that means God orchestrating the same situation that we are talking about. The story of Job that was put in the Bible for us was more like a template or what we call a prototype of what God will do for those who love him. Because he has to try them, he has to prove them, he has to make sure that they are worthy. And when Christ spoke, God said, he said, them that are counted worthy to enter into that world. So you have to remember that there will be that type of troubles. And that is the one that Apostle Peter was even talking about, that count it not, count it not strange when you fall into diverse temptations. Those temptations are this type of troubles, because in the days of the apostles, they were arrested by the police. They were thrown into the lions for persecution. That is also trouble. When I'm talking about trouble, it's not just sickness and disease. It's everything that the enemy can allow. The story of Job gave us that template. God said, okay, go test him. And what did the devil do to test Job? Okay, first took all everything he had. The wealth. And Job said, God give it. God took it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Look like that didn't shake him. And another time God said, you see now, Job is different. And Satan said, oh, men will give anything they have for their life. Let me touch his body, his skin, then you will know it will cost you. Okay, go ahead. That is a sick disease, sickness. And the devil went and did the same thing, sickness, disease. And so you can see the devil can use anything if God wanted this. It was zeroed in on Job. At this end time, God was saying he will zero in on the saints to prove them. And that has been going on. I'm not talking of something that's in the future. No, I'm not talking of something that's in the future. It's already taking place. Amen. Daniel chapter 11. Unless perhaps you do not know what Bible verse I'm pointing, let me, let me read it to you. Verse 35. Daniel chapter 11, verse 35. The summary of it all. 
And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge. And to make them white even to the time of the end. So this is the time of the end. This is what God has been doing through the saints. This is all the saints are going through this. Those, some we, the Lord showed this one many years ago. I saw a vision when I was sitting in college. And I didn't understand it. I told a brother and we said, what was this all about? And the brother professor I said, he told the meaning. So God is good. Terrible things are going to happen. In that vision, we were all like a group of believers, a more or less group of university believers. We were going through a, to a city. We were going to a big city that was our destination in that vision. Like a team. And as we were going, we were like in a, in a straight file, like going through a way. This is a shortcut. Let's not go through the main road. Let's go through the shortcut. So we were all going through the shortcut in that vision. And as we were going through the shortcut, then it looked like the shortcut, like a narrow, Nowhere, you know, in the, if you have gone to the jungle, you always see a trail, and then you have to go in a single file through that trail. Then the trail suddenly widened up, and where it widened up, we saw military guys, soldiers. I call them hooligans. Some of them with swords, some of them with knives, some of them with clubs, and we wanted to run back. And someone said, hey, don't, don't run back, let's go. They are not going to hurt us. So we started going, we just behave as if, and they behave as if they were not bothering us. They were just doing their own thing. We were passing through their midst. And after we are almost, they line up beside. The, they line up like in that vision. They line up on the side, right side, on the left side. So we have to go through them. We are still going to that city. And when we are right in the middle of the fire, in the middle of them also, that they, if you run back, they are on this side. They will run forward, they are on that side. Someone was running behind us and said, don't let those people go. Don't let them pass. We heard the voice, so we started running. Instead of walking, we started running. And now they just surrounded us in that vision now. And there was a war. They were beating, and we were fighting through, like fight. Everybody's on his own now, we're fighting through. And when I woke up in the end of that vision, I told the brother, what does this vision mean? And the brother told me that things are going to happen at the end of time for the sins. And that is one of the things you see here. That was symbolized to me by fighting through some hooligans. And we are going to a city. That city, we know what it is. That is the heaven we want to go. But that's just to tell you that many will be the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord will deliver him out of them all. Amen? So you have to remember that. So Job's case was a sample. God gave that sample and put the story there. You don't know who wrote it. Maybe God gave the story to Moses. And wrote it because according to let me read this commentary for you that I printed out. Um, it was from my Bible, one of the Bibles that you guys have. It's a Job. That's the commentary on the book of Job. If you have that Bible that was given to everybody here, you have that brown Bible that you see on the book of Job. Say Job is perhaps the earliest book of the Bible, set in the period of the patriarchs: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Nobody knows when, but it tells the story of a man who loses everything. His wealth, his family, his health, and wrestles with the question, why? And you may have the same question in your heart. Why do good people suffer? And I just tell you, if you are a good person, most likely you don't self-make your own trouble. Or sometimes it's your circumstances. Oh, the Lord is making you go through it like this of Job. And he put this story here to make us see that this is what his people may have to go through. His people, those whom he loved. In fact, at this time, like I said, he actually started it 
many years ago, he would come down and see in a believer's convention where people are, and those who love him more, that are so excited, praising the Lord, I say, yes, this one loves him. So let's pass him through the test. The one that loves him the most, those that are on fire for Jesus, I say, well, the angels pointed out, that one loves you. Okay, let's pass him through the test. And they pull him out and say, you are going to go through training. He said, training. And you send him through the training. But you see, the training is through those wild animals that we just, I just gave you that vision. That I said we saw in the 70s. So you're going to go through these wild animals and they're going to want to kill you. And you're going to have to fight through them. And you're going to have to be calling upon the Lord. But that is the test. But you see, these wild animals, they are real. You feel the pain. It can be attack. It could be sickness. It could be financial. It could be anything. Like Satan said, well, you have tried this, you, let's try his body. His friend, Job's friend came, they couldn't recognize him. Said, is that Job? Is that Job? And just like, you know, they thought, well, this man has done something wrong. You may be like that too. People are saying, brother, you have done something wrong. You are a secret sinner. Repent. Because that was what all those friends were telling Job. And he looked, if you are like that, just check your life. Have you done something wrong? Like we said, self-made, did I do anything wrong? Lord, why is this happening to me? If you can't find anything wrong, just stand like Job. Stand your ground. Amen? Stand your ground like the, the, the Lord they are passing in some states. Stand your ground. And then Job stood his ground talking to the Lord. But see, his friend couldn't understand. In fact, there was a Bible verse where Job said, those who are at ease, they will think this guy that is having trouble must have done something wrong. Not all the time. Not every time. This book went for I said the book begins with a heavenly debate between God and Satan. And they moves through three cycles of earthly debate between Job and his friends. And then concludes with a dramatic divine diagnosis of Job's problem. In the end, Job acknowledges the, the sovereignty of God in his life and receives back more than he had before his trial. Now that was the summary that they put on top of this Bible and the Bible that was given in the church here about the book of Job. But I just pointed that one out to make you to see that God can be boasting of his sins and he actually boasted of his sins at the same time. And the devil, we have to try them. And the devil is, God is doing this, but the devil is the one that is going to implement it. And that is why I said that is the enemy's part that Apostle, Dave, Apostle Peter was talking about that count it not strange when you fall into divers trials, temptations. First Peter chapter 4 from verse 12 Beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Lord said, let me talk about that Christ suffering. When we say bad things happen to good people, who is the goodest of the goodest of them all? Christ. If you can say anything, is goodest. Christ. And you see what he went through to show to you and to me that if he suffered for you say, well, his own as a purpose, there's a reason why he suffered. There is, he's going to sacrifice himself for even Apostle Paul said, Well, his own suffering, Apostle Paul said, his own suffering is part of the leftover. 
of Christ, but not only apostles, every saint, they go through some form of trial. That's why he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Why? Because Satan is going to test, or God is going to test using Satan, test those who follow him. Do you really trust God? Do you really believe this God? Do you really believe he will answer your prayer? Do you really believe that he is good even in the time of trouble? So those are all the tests. Are you going to curse God because you didn't get what you want? Because that's what they told you. Even the devil went through his wife. Because the wife is suffering too. You can't see your husband. It's the man and the wife that own everything. They own all this cattle and the cattle was lost. All these riches and the wealth lost. And the children, that's the woman's children too, all dead. So you know they are both going through this situation. They see God was testing Job and the woman. She was just caught in between. But they are one. See, God is talking of one. But you see, when you look at that, the devil went through now, went through the woman after the Job now was smitten with affliction. He said, Why are you still keeping your integrity? Cause God. The devil has to tell Job what will take him out of this trouble. So he has to do it through somebody. He said, Cause God and die. What's all the what are we living for? But Job passed that test again. Job passed that test again. Many people, we know the stories in the days of the apostles when there was an edict from the Roman Emperor that the Christians should be wiped out. They were arresting them everywhere. And some of them were running out Some of them said, let's just go surrender. Let them just kill us all. And some said, no, God, Christ didn't say we should just go let them kill us and eliminate Christianity because that's what the plan of the devil. Eliminate Christianity. If you just wipe out all these believers, there will be no more Christianity. But God has a plan for 2,000 years. And when they were doing that, some that were barely just following them, just part of the church, they heard that Christ can do these wonders, they follow. But when the persecution comes, they say, well, is this your Christ? They fell back. They fell back. They went away. When they saw the Christian being fed to the lion, and they said, well, lion, oh no, God, our God of Daniel, the God of Daniel, one lion, they won't allow the lion to heal them. And they saw lions tearing the Christians apart and destroyed. Oh, they just gave up and said, oh, I'm not, I don't think they say God is what they begin to say. But see, that was a test for them. So this test is going to be, you are going to count your life as nothing when you really come to follow Christ. Christ has said it up front, only that people are not preaching it. Christ has said it up front, people are not preaching it. They prefer to preach the prosperity, the blessings that should be following you. If you are following the Lord, you see, that's like getting what is in his hand. You don't want to get him. But he has already told us that if you cannot even hate your own life, you cannot be my disciple. So when it came to the time of the apostles and they were putting them into the lions there and they were burning them in stakes and Peter was crucified. He said, well, gee, I don't want to be like my Lord like that. Turn me upside down, please. And he said, okay, we will arrange that. So they turned Peter upside down. And that was how he died. Stories that we read about the book of the matters told us all those things that happened to the Christians in that time. Part of the psalm shall be made white and purified, but they sacrifice themselves for Christ. But what we are saying is, God allowed that, and he will still allow several things, and it's happening right now in Nigeria, in Cameroon, in other parts of the world. Or maybe you have not read the stories, it's all over the world. In Asia, the, the extremists, God, you think, it's, you think it's not part of what you're talking about? The devils have been unleashed. 
And the body of Christ is already suffering. There's a magazine of the martyrs that I receive regularly. And the, in the northern Nigeria, these people come by there and they say, the Fulanis are coming. They are already stood of a woman. The Fulanis are coming. These are the extremist Africans, uh, extremist Muslims. They know these people, they are neighbors, and they just came and with their guns and attacked a pastor's house and shot and killed and massacred. And that was going on all right now in Africa. It's going on in Cameroon. It's going on in Asia. It's going on everywhere. Not the Al-Qaeda. Those are even separate. The Al-Qaeda that you read about that says they want jihad. That is, the, that is just the one you are hearing. But there are other ones going on all over the world. God allowing it. There was a, somebody that put on the internet story that he was in the, in the vehicle going in London, Nigeria. He was going in a vehicle, public vehicle. And these Muslims, they stopped them and said, everybody that is not a Muslim, come down. I read, it, my, I read it my own eyes. And this brother said he was a believer and he was in the, in the, in the, in the, in the vehicle. So some people came down and they started cutting their throat. They were cutting their knees. We looked through the window and saw they were killing them. And he said, they are coming back. He said, are you? Are you? Are you? He was afraid. He was thinking. He was saying it. He was confessing that if they ask me next, what am I going to say? Am I going to say I'm not a Christian? Before you could, they could get to him, the driver just saw what was going on and drove off. That was what delivered him. He put that in, in the, in the, in, on the internet story that that was his first front confrontation with life and death. Are you going to deny Christ? That was going on, right? And this is not something I read in the, in the year uh, 1900. This is something that's going on in the year 2013, 2012. It's happening. So when the Bible said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver, deliver out of them all. Know that the world is coming to that stage where you have to now decide, am I standing for Jesus? Or am I going to back up and say, no, I'm not one of them? Are you one of them or you're not one of them? We know it's just a simple, so it, may, it will come to America too. It happened one time, some two hooligans in a, a place in Colorado were shooting students and said, you say you're a Christian. Are you a Christian now with a gun in, before our face? And she said, yes, and the gun had down. We may say, well, God could have done miracle if the man, if the girl has greater faith. God can decide not to even use that power. Because Christ showed it. He had the power to lay down his life and he refused to use it. And he had the power to take it. And he refused to use the supernatural power. Each time I read the story of Christ, he knew what to say that the, the governor would let him go. And, or he knew what to say before the high priest that they would all say, gee, this must be him. He refused to say anything. He just keep his mouth zipped because he said, this is how it ought to be. But God is saying there will be a time when it may happen in our own generation where we, we, he may not use his supernatural power. Are you going to still deny Christ? Are you going to be bold enough to stand? Are you going to count your life too dear to give it to him? If you have given your life to him, let him do whatever he wants with it. That is the challenge. If you have given your life to Christ, let him do whatever he wants with it. Amen? Praise the Lord. I say it's the enemy that is going to be doing that trying, testing. But some of those, God will allow it. Some of those, God will only show his wonderful power sometimes just to demonstrate. 
because it's going all over the world right now, persecution that we're talking about is going all over the world, then God will occasionally demonstrate his power to somebody as he chooses. There is a story of a woman, I think it's in Iraq or, 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 or Iran, a lady that gave her life to Christ and the parents, the daddy was so furious and said this is... When the girl was in drugs, they didn't, they didn't worry much. When the girl was in all those cocaine, it didn't bother them much. But when she gave her life to Christ and the drug and the cocaine stopped, they said, oh, oh, this is extreme. They were concerned about the other one, only this one was really extreme to them. They said the man started flogging this woman one time and said, you must confess, deny this your religion. And this woman cried, Jesus, help me. In that testimony, this man, his father, her father that was flogging her, almost wanted to kill her if she didn't deny Christ. The father started flogging himself. Somehow something got hold of the man. He started flogging himself until the man collapsed. He himself collapsed on the floor. And the mom ran inside and found out the man was choking. And said, what did you do to your daddy? She didn't do anything. But when this man came back to himself, he, he testified that while he was flogging this lady, it's not a little girl, it was a grown-up girl. While, she, while he was flogging this lady, somehow he saw Jesus. And he saw that he was actually flogging Jesus, and that was why it was himself was flogging. Something, oh, held his throat or something, and he was going to have an heart attack. But then he gave his life to Christ, and the whole family turned around. But that was his story. But that was just one out of town tons of them. God will decide to show up when he wants to. That's what I'm trying to make to see. But it has been unleashed upon the world now, upon the believers. It's already unleashed. Satan is already let loose to test, to try at the same time because that is part of what we read in the book of Daniel chapter 11. Many shall be purified and made white through every sort of things. Whatever it is, the devil will try. But you are to stand now I'm going to wrap it up. This is how the Lord wants me to wrap it up. After I said all of these things, see, I, there is a, this book of the matter is a magazine that we receive almost monthly. And they tell stories, and the stories in Nigeria, I say, gee, I left Nigeria in 1981. Look at what is going on. Stories in Cameroon, stories in other countries of Asia, of believers that were being persecuted by this extreme religion and the other un ungodly people. And there are real things you read in the stories of Peter, James, and John, and you say, oh, gee, it's happening already. It's happening already. It's happening already. And the, the key of what they were, when they give those testimonies, the key is these people that were left, a woman that was the wife of a pastor, the pastor was killed right before their eyes, and the children were slaughtered, she escaped. Well, how do you think she was going to feed? And she knew those people. They were Mami Star, so so salam, this and so. That man over there that's a Muslim, they were neighbors. Now she survived. How was she going to still continue to live in that community, knowing them? And that was the healing part that this magazine was reporting. It took them, some of them, a longer, a lot of time to know what does Christ said to forgive those who can I forgive? Malam, so and so that I know it was over there and he knew us. We, we bought things from him sometime and now something snapped. 
and they think their religion is it, and they must kill those who are non-religious in their religion. And that was the story over and over and over again. But the point is, when you come back to Christ, Christ said you are to what? To love your enemy. We've seen stories like, how can I love that enemy? That wanted to kill, or not wanted to kill, already killed the family members. How can you love them? But God commanded it. That is the test, perhaps, for the one that is left behind. The one that's already dead is already going to his reward. Now, you have to remember this. Most of these people that have been, that is the one that concerns me. Most of these people that have been persecuted, killed, and attacked, churches in the North, North Africa, Northern Nigeria, Northern Nigeria, all those churches, we can look at it and say, these people don't have strong faith, like we can say, great faith. God is not going to wait for you to become great faith before he bring the test of the trial. It's happening right now to the commoners among the believers. So you can say, well, if they have strong faith, maybe the weapons of this will hurt them. Or the guns will shoot. God allow whatever you want to allow. But now you are going to, you that are left behind, that you now have to mop off all this trouble. That woman, the, the wife of a pastor, she has to now struggle with forgiving them. Can she forgive them? That was the stories upon stories upon stories. It took a long time. Many of them, a lot of years to be able to get it out of their heart when they know that man that brought his gun to kill his family because of their extreme jihadists. And in Asia, and every place right now is going on. But Christ said we are to live as believers. Can we forgive them? Can you pray for your enemy? Can you pray for that man? Can you pray for that woman that you know? She is the one behind it all. There's an example right now I read last, yesterday, two days ago, in uh, Edo, in, uh, maybe you guys have already read it, that they have rounded up six people that were, in, that were doing the kidnapping in Benin. And one of them was a professor in the or a college or lecturer in the university. Well, so one of the six guys said he is masterminding them, so they arrested him also. It was in the news yesterday or two days ago that they arrested him. And the whole Ishan area were jubilant that these people have terrorized them in Nigeria. Now, the question is can you, my brother is going back to Nigeria, can you? Forgive them. That is what God is going to challenge you with. Because God will forgive your enemy. To be a believer now, you are not a believer if you can't. Because that is the only, that is the only test that you are going to have to face between you and yourself. You may say, well, that guy that really killed is already dead too. Yeah, but God is dealing with your heart. You have to still clean your own heart to forgive. Remember the vision, that the, the movie that... Uh, that was showed a clip that I think it was Peter that showed that clip of people, a testimony of a woman that went to hell, the Lord Jesus Christ showed to her. This is why many of them were in hell and they were suffering and they were crying unto Christ to deliver them. Some of them, it was because somebody did something they didn't forgive. The summary of it all. Somebody did something you didn't forgive. Or you have already hurt, you are so hurt that you have been causing this fellow that did something wrong to you. You may say, I never really opened my mouth and caused him or her, but your heart has already caused. Anytime you never wish them good, and you have got to repent from those. You have to repent from those as believers now, because God wants to deal with his own household. Because that is one of the things that is going to send a lot of people out of heaven to hell is unforgiveness. 
He said, yeah, but I can forgive this fellow that just did a little thing, but this man that did the big thing. But God said, forgive if anybody has done hurt. Hurt means small or big. You've got to forgive. So that is our own challenge. We're going to, I'm going to invite every one of you to stand up. As I'm going to wrap it up, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to shape your life. You have some things that have hurt you, people that have hurt you, including what is going on right now, because I just talked about the persecution. It's serious. But you see, it happened in the days of the apostles. Stephen, the first part, I said, Father, lay not this to their charge. You mean when they are stoning him? Yes. He's expecting us to do that for the one that shot at you, the one that slapped you, the one that you know, that man, that woman know the neighbor that called the, uh, the extreme jihadists uh, to come and attack the house and they had the, the Fulanis are coming and before they could run out, they burned the house and killed them and the only woman that escaped. And she has to still forgive these people. Can we? That's your child. You are going to ask for the grace. And if you need help, you want to just come forward right now, let's pray, all of us. Pray for yourself. Lord, give me that grace to be a believer. That's what you want to pray. Let's come forward. Anyone that thinks you know something in your heart you need to deal with, let's come forward. You're going to come forward right now. Your coming forward is to acknowledge your sin that you have indirectly caused somebody in your heart. He did something to you. She did something to you. That's acknowledge. If you don't acknowledge your sin, well, I don't cause anybody. When you have caused in your heart, whoever did this to me, this is going to happen to them. Or you wish you want to ask God for forgiveness. You want to ask God for forgiveness. Because then God can be blessing you. The Lord just reminded me of the verse that he said I should read to you on that. Job chapter 41. All that Job went through, everything he went through, the Bible said, God turned it around when, when Job prayed for his friends. Verse 10 of Job chapter 42, verse 10. So when we talk about this forgiving people that have hurt you, that you have caused in your heart, or you open your mouth, you say this is good to happen to them, you need to repent and ask God to help you so that you can pray and bless them. In chapter 42, it says, And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. And then the Lord restored to him all those things he has lost. But that when he prayed for his friends is the key. You've got to pray for all these people that hurt you. And we're going to, I'm going to come down, we're all going to pray and pray together. Let's just be on our knees. Be on our knees. Let's just pray and talk to the Lord. I have, I have heard, I don't know whether I'm strong enough if this thing that happened to those people, where they kill their family, whether I can even strongly be able to forgive them if I'm the one left. If I know it is that man, that brother, that uh, pastor, or that friend, or that uh, alarm, I won't trade with him. Now he turned against. Would you, are you able to stand and be able to say, Lord, I forgive them from your heart? That's what you should ask the Lord for the grace. And then ask him to remove that uh, anger, that hatred, that, that vendetta thing from your heart. And ask the Lord to help you to be able to forgive those that hurt you. Even if you know them or you don't know them, forgive them. Sometimes people are already hating all the Muslims. They're already hating them just because of their jihadists. But you want to ask the Lord to touch your own heart. Our heart is what he is dealing with now. And Lord, help us to be able to forgive 
those that are hurting us. And whatever the enemy is doing, sometimes the thought comes to him, can I even forgive Satan? I say, ah, not like that one. <laughs> because he said, forgive. Does he mean only human beings? What about Satan? I don't know. But do you know we have to forgive God? Do you know we have to forgive God? He said, well, if I don't forgive God, I can't do it. You know we have to forgive God. Why? Because look at the scriptures. God used the brothers of Joseph to so much hate him that they sold him into slavery. Now, he forgave them, but if God used them, like he said, it is the God of your fathers that made this thing happen. Then he has to forgive God also. If you don't forgive the people that did it to you, then you are not forgiving God who used them to bring you to your glory. Because that is exactly what it is. Christ forgave them because God was using those priests and high priests to bring him to the glory. And we are getting to that glory. So we better forgive all these evil people God is using. So we talk to him. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, Lord. Father, we pray for forgiveness. Pray that our heart that have been attacking other people, in our heart we have been cursing. In our heart we think, this fellow did me wrong. Wow, how can he say this about me? How can he tell this about me? How can he send these people against me? And we are cursing them. We are asked. God was using them many times to bring us closer to him. And so, Father, we want to forgive them. To be like this Lord Jesus Christ who said, Father, forgive them, but they know not what they do. Help us, Lord, to forgive. Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to get rid of all those hatred for the people that did just hurt. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Have mercy upon us, O Lord Jesus Christ. Have mercy upon us, Lord, because that is the only way we can even get to heaven when we have forgiving all them that have hurt us. Because unforgiveness is one of the major things that we send people to hell if they get out of this planet without forgiving somebody. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, because you have heard us. The blood of Jesus Christ is able to wash us and cleanse our heart from all this unforgiveness, from all this hatred, from all this bitterness. For somebody did that, somebody did that. Help us, Lord Jesus Christ, to be able to get rid of it. We know who is doing it. It is not that somebody, but Lord Jesus, help us, Lord God, to clean it off our own system so that we can be a vessel for you and get multiple blessings like you gave to Job. God restored to Job all that he lost. Not the children that were dead, but at least he got new ones back. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you are able to restore us. You are able to give us back everything that we have lost. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Praise see the Lord. Praise see the Lord. You can go back to your seat. Live in love, 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 forgive. That's all the Lord is saying. And the Lord will take care of the rest. Once you have cleansed your own heart, God will take care of the rest. Praise the Lord. We're going to do what? We're going to collect the offering right now. Can the priest come back here? And give us some songs of praise that we can use to 